With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, October 23rd. Oh, here comes your weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Very exciting. Got to get through today first. And if you are listening, it's early in the morning and we are just delighted that you join us every single day. If you're saving this for later in the day, I hope you're having a good walk, whatever you're doing, just know that we are here for you. Mark and I really like to hear from any of you who have a financial question, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. That's askjill at jillonmoney.com. This is a note from Rose. She's writing from Philly. I'm looking at consolidating my investment accounts to just one institution. I totally agree with you. This is like what I talked about yesterday, actually. I hate having so many logins to remember. I'd like to have a one-stop view of all of my assets. My institution of choice, Charles Schwab. Hmm, Okay, good choice. My question is, should I be worried about going over the SIPC limit with my assets? What exactly happens when an SIPC covered brokerage firm goes out of business? What happens is you, you kind of line up. And first of all, the assets that would be held in a retirement account probably would be covered. And I, I imagine you'll be okay with that. But usually it's, uh, you know, everything has to settle. And in a bankruptcy of a large institution or a bank, um, they would have to see wait to see whether they could cover all of the outstanding positions and um, hopefully you get your money back. I think you will. Rose goes on to write, my sense is that if we're ever in a situation where an institution like Schwab folds, we all have more serious problems to worry about, but I'd like your input. Thanks for the pod. Take care. Yeah. I mean, the input is, it's like when there is a failure, there's, you know, really what you're waiting is to see how all the trades settle. So when you hear about a big firm going out And what happens, they're really waiting for trades to settle. And there's counterparty risks. So I don't know exactly what would happen. I think it is highly, highly, highly unlikely. And I don't think you really have to worry about it. But I get get the question. So thank you for that. Carol writes, I listen to your podcast. I love it. Thank you for the daily words of common sense. Carol says, I'm married, 57 years old. My husband is 61. We're working and we earn about 220 grand a year. We have no debt, two girls in college, and I'm starting to look at retirement on the horizon, wondering if I need a financial advisor. Hmm. My husband says I will not want to spend the money to get one. I guess I need to hear it from you if we really do need one. Here are the numbers. Just over three million bucks in assets, two million in retirement and about a million in non-retirement. Okay, they need uh, 70 grand for the remainder of college payments. Okay. Strategy has been to buy and hold. So I've reached 3 million. I started to think that maybe I should talk to someone. We have most of our money in Vanguard. So using them for advice has crossed my mind. What do you think? Okay. So there's a few things to think about. One, 
we have a link to this website where it's a paid calculator and you can actually bang on that calculator a little bit and see if the numbers sync up with the retirement calculators at Vanguard. It's called esplanner.com, esplanner.com. And you can kind of look, I, I mean, retirement is, is an interesting question for you guys because it seems to me you got a lot of money. I don't know whether either of you are thinking about retiring soon or not and what the time horizon is, but I'm not sure you need an advisor right this second, but it is perfectly reasonable to imagine that, you know, over the next few years, you sure would want to actually look at your numbers and make good choices. Now, if you do want to use Vanguard, they have a great service. It's called the Vanguard Personal Service Advisor. Essentially, will help you with your planning needs and will help manage the money. But I don't know, you've accumulated a lot of money. It seems to me that you're in good shape. I'm not so keen on the fact that you must have a financial advisor. So I would at least start running some numbers and see where you stand. Okay. Next up is Robin. I love your podcast and your willingness to help others with financial education. I have a question about being tax efficient when withdrawing in retirement. That is hard. My husband will have a pension of about $50,000 annually. We anticipate expenses of about $100,000 annually. Therefore, we're going to need to withdraw the remaining fifty dollars from savings. I'm familiar with the idea of withdrawing from taxable accounts first, then tax-deferred, then tax-free. But I recently read an article about a proportional approach to reduce taxes over the long term because we have stock ownership with a very low cost basis. I would want to try to keep our capital gains taxes low. We thought about withdrawing 30 grand from our stock portfolio to stay below the $80,000, then withdrawing the remaining 20 grand split between our tax deferred and Roth accounts. What do you think of that approach? Of our liquid assets, 50% is in taxable accounts and 30% in tax deferred, 20% in Roth. Well, first of all, it's funny. You said, my husband has a pension. What about Social Security? Do you really need 50 grand? I'm wondering, hmm, maybe you're not, maybe you don't have Social Security on the horizon yet. I mean, I get this. I think that there's a real tricky problem that you're looking at, which is, you say you want to keep your capital gains taxes low. So essentially, when you're married filing jointly, there's no tax due on long-term capital gains up to 80000 That's true. I think trying to pull the money out of the stock plan and staying below the eighty grand sounds good. And I'm not even sure you should. I wouldn't pull any money out of your Roth accounts. I think I would just pull money. So it seems to me that, number one, until you know you, you pull up to eighty grand until you get this whittled down some from the stock plan and then you reassess. But, you know, remember, I don't know how old you are in terms of, you know, your situation, but tax laws are probably going to change. And so there's a lot of different variables here. I don't think it's a terrible approach. I don't think, though, that I I would really want to try to say, take the money from the stock portfolio and then some from the tax deferred to stay in the lowish tax bracket. Uh, all right, here's a question I want. Is for foreign exchange trading a good investment or a pyramid scheme? <laughs> um, it can be a good investment if you're a foreign exchange trader. Um, I have heard of IM Academic, and that is a scheme. So stay away from it. Beth writes, I'm 64 and a half, just retired. My husband is drawing his social security 
I'm waiting to draw mine. We have $650,000 in IRAs and 401ks. We will inherit in the next few weeks the following, $285,000 in a Janus fund, $74,000 in cash, Prudential, $19,000. Our house is paid in full, as are our cars. We have no debt, $3,600 of income a month with bills of $4,000 a month. We're selling property. We should get $300,000 in the bank once it sells. My question, what to do with the money from the inheritance and the sale of the property? Sounds to me, Beth, like you. See, before we were talking about who does or does not need a financial advisor, I think you might need a financial advisor for this because it doesn't sound like you're feeling comfortable doing it yourself. So what I would like everyone to do is go to the website, jillonmoney.com, and click on the resource link. And there is a very good article. I know because I wrote it. Need an advisor? Here's 13 questions to ask. Check it out. I think you might need an advisor because you got a lot of decisions to make. And that's a lot of moolah. So I think unless you guys feel really comfortable managing your own money, I would be interested in you having at least a conversation about retirement. I also would be interested in you maybe having a conversation with someone who can manage your money if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourselves. But all in all, it sounds like a good situation. And certainly, I'm sorry you're inheriting money because that probably means that something's going on that wasn't so hot, but looks like you're pretty safe in terms of your own needs. So that's good. And to remind everybody, there are basic choices around financial advice. You can basically say, I don't need anyone's advice. I'll do it myself. Your next level would be like, I just need someone to help me with my investments. And then you might use a robo-advisor like Betterment or Wealthfront or uh, Schwab Intelligent Portfolio or Vanguard Personal Service Advisor. And there's a cost to that. And they also will have a little bit of advice. And then you can go full on investment advisor. And that's usually someone who has a designation like a certified financial planner. You can go to the letsmakeaplan.org website. Someone who's a CPA who's got a, um, a distinction in planning, AICPA. We have links to all this on our website. Or you can go to NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, and they will um, be sure not to charge you a commission. That's a fee-only advisor. So you may want to check those out. So try that out for anyone who's looking for financial advisor or wants to know whether or not, you know, they really need it. You just got to read through some of the stuff that we've written. Okay. All right. That's it for the show. Oh, it's very exciting because we have a big weekend up. I want to wet your whistle with a good tease. That's it. That's your tease. Okay. So tune in this weekend. We've got a fun interview. It's Jill on Money, where we always encourage you to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to lift somebody up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.